You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Alien, let's make a movie where Adam Sandler adopts a child. Sure, he's been in a lot of lowbrow comedies lately. This would be a nice mature turn for him. Yeah, and mostly it's jokes about Hooters. I, I have some notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks on mediocre movies as suggested by you. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are discussing 1999's Big Daddy <laughs> with Adam Sandler. Uh, and we are joined today uh, by our guest who uh, brought the, brought this movie uh, uh, like a like a little basket on our doorstep uh uh left it here for us to enjoy our, our guest today is uh herman vijegas from the modern madhood podcast over hello. on our at the alberta podcast network hello i'm sorry i left this movie to you to take care of because i'm <laughs> i'm going to go away <laughs> never be seen this horrible review i'm kidding <laughs> welcome welcome back herman it's been a while it's uh, the, the last time you're on was uh was top gun if I recall Top Gun, yes, yes. Sure. Will I be on Top Gun Maverick when when you guys oh, for eventually sure. do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for for letting me be on here. I I asked you, Greg, and I was like, I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I've been, you know, I'm a fan of the show, as as you know, like, so I, I always like give out like notes when I can of, of specific movies. Uh, so I, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, no, and we're we're happy to have you. Uh, d- tell us a little about why why you asked approach to be be on this movie. The you're you're on a bit of a spree, a podcasting spree. If I yeah, say. yeah, I, uh, <laughs> so um, last year, not twenty twenty one, twenty twenty, as you know, a, g- a good year uh, for everybody. Um, I Fine took year. a break. Yeah, <laughs> I took a break from Modern Manhood for a bit, uh, just because I. Um, I was feeling a little bit burnt out, so I I approached one of my. Uh, the executive director of Next Gen Men, who Mar Manhood is a part of, uh, Next Gen Men is kind of a, a pro-feminist uh, masculinity organization, uh, just in helping out boys and men in general. Um, so I asked the ED, and I was like, "Listen, I I don't know if I can do Mar Manhood anymore." He's like, "Listen, I will get you some help. You've been doing a lot. That been doing this by yourself for a long time." Uh, so he recruited some amazing producers uh, from around the world to kind of. Um, help me do something that I've been wanting to do with Modern Manhood for such a long time is to create like a fully fledged season. Um, and so we created one thinking about like, what is the main thing that we really want to discuss in a season length format? And we landed on kind of a topic around that we discuss a lot in the, the masculinity circles, which is boys in general. And how do we help our boys and also how boys become socialized as they grow up. So Every episode that like focused on a specific time period in a boy's life. So like the first episode was like from before they 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 were born to about five years of age, and then we did, took these like five year chunks. So like 
five to 10, 10 to 15, 15 to 20. Um, so it is kind of like this kind of snapshot in specific time of how a boy becomes gendered. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of like the same, you know, why I wanted to kind of talk not only about like caregiving in general and, uh, but also talk it in a, in a, in a funny way. And, and uh, <laughs> one of the movies that obviously that came to mind was Big Daddy. And <laughs> it was just being like, because, you know, I, I watched this, I, this was 99. So I watched this when I was like 19 and mm-hmm. like did not think about caregiving or anything like that. Or even, like, I was want to watch Adam Sandler make jokes, <laughs> like dumb jokes, yeah. um, which it has. Are. Yes. And so, but I mean, like just thinking about the, the show and like Modern Manhood in general and, and looking back on these kind of uh, movies and, and uh, media, it's, yeah, it's interesting to think about it in that way. So, yeah. It's certainly like there's lots to unpack when it comes to media and and parenting and and specifically fatherhood. If you're looking for like role models uh, for fathers in like the '90s movies and stuff like that, I, like I dare say that like Big Daddy sort of falls into that bumbling idiot father trope. Yeah, exactly. Sure, right. Uh, did your experience on your podcast uh, give you a different perspective on this rewatch of the movie? Yeah, it did actually. It's it's um it's really interesting because I. I, and I said this before you know, offline, but like my nine to five, I, this, it's kind of, this is part of my job is a big part of my job is to help out caregivers and to help out, um, people who do have kids. Um, I don't have any kids myself, so <laughs> it's hard sometimes to be like, you know, like I can give you the research and their perspective, but, um, I was looking out to see in this movie to see how Sonny, the main character, um, parents and what are the ways that he parents and why um, some of the things actually work and some of the things actually don't. And it, now I have kind of a, a good idea of why this happens and why it doesn't happen. And so uh, it's interesting comparing it to the to the experts that I've listened to when I was at Modern Manhood and the experts that I got a chance to interview. And just going through that mindset was, uh, was really interesting. And there, there's definitely some things that we can talk about how sunny parents in general because i would love to hear your perspectives on this too <laughs> i can guarantee you that newspapers don't clean up piss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes definitely that's a x <laughs> sunny <laughs> um yeah that's a, i love that i love that perspective to to bring this movie because there i don't know that there's a whole lot else to to cover with it personally <laughs> i'm Actually, glad we have a a, a somewhat scholarly perspective to look at it through <laughs> um, or at least uh, with an inta- a lens because uh, uh raw this is just this is a movie it's, yeah, yeah. It's a- i will i will say actually uh in the defense of the movie <laughs> that um it actually does derive a lot of kids are annoying humor that is very relatable as a parent mm-hmm. now. uh because when like Sonny gets the kid and at first he's like this kid's pretty fun and then the luster kind of wears off and there's that little act where he's starting to realize oh this kid's actually really annoying and there was a lot of beats there where I was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally relate to that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I get that. <laughs> we should we should say we, we've got a 50-50 dads to non-dads uh, panel. Um, so, Greg, <laughs> did you feel the same way? Was it hashtag relatable? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I they, specifically have a five-year-old boy, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scott's going to relate to it quite a bit more than So, like, I will boom, be. Julian is right in my sweet spot right now, and I was like, <laughs> yep, nope, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that, like, I, I this, this may be a weird tangent, but, like, I was thinking about this the other day that, like, I've 
even though I'm a parent now, I don't fundamentally view movies about parenting that much differently than I did before. And I'm not really, I'm not really sure why that is. I like, I, I find that like the things that affect me, like I get more emotional in it when I watch movies these days, like that's different. But like mm. when it comes to like watching media, that's like specifically directed at me as a father or something like that. I just, yeah, it just doesn't, <clears throat> I, I don't watch it any differently than I used to. And I, I don't pick up as much, uh, I don't pick something different out of it than I used to. So I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious about like, like, uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've listened to other podcasts and they said like, oh, you know, once you have a child, some of those movies like really connect, like, especially like the ones about like little kids and in, in danger and in peril. And people are like, ah, like, like, like there are definitely some, some scenes in not in this movie, <laughs> but like, uh, the other, another movies that I've seen that are, where it's like oh, little kids lost and you're like, Oh my God, find your daddy <laughs> or find <Yeah>. your parents. <laughs> Nita can no longer handle children in danger in any sort of media, in a book, in a movie oh. on television. It just, it, she will cry. Uh, and I'm not trying to shame her by saying that. It's just like she is no, distressed get it. Yeah. by the idea of a child in danger now in a way that yeah. she wasn't prior to having yeah. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. Yeah, I can't watch uh, I can't watch that type of media as much as I used to. So I guess that's definitely a, a something that's that's changed for me. Somehow like yeah, it all, what it's really done for me is I just watch less things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. More more for me cuz I think it's hilarious. Um <laughs> In fact, that was going to be one of my notes. Was that this this kid needs to be in more danger? I think it would have up the stakes. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of behavioral stakes instead of uh, <laughs> actual mm. imminent danger stakes. In in fairness, the stakes are never really on Julian in this movie. The stakes are more for no. Sunny. Yeah, and yes. that's a problem for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be really interested to see what you came up with fixes then, because <laughs> that, I, did, I did not sure if you will that at all in a helicopter over a volcano. <laughs> I think I'm just I'm just maybe taking taking this out because uh, um, you I, we mentioned your your podcasting spree. You've been a guest uh, with some other folks, and uh, you and our friends over at Kino Lefter watched Come On, Come On, and we're watching Big Daddy, because uh, yeah. Greg, Greg gets final say. And That's Greg. Just a little chapped. I'm that was Greg's fault. That, that was that. Uh-huh. He, he had first choice on it, and then I went to yeah. Kino about it, and I was like, alright. So there you go. So. It's wholesome as fuck. <laughs> to be fair, I don't no, think I we've don't. done an Adam Sandler movie before, so. That was no, exciting. I was surprised too when I thought about it, yeah. He's got a lot of bad ones. We we kind of chose uh, one that was probably one of his better ones. I think it's middling. I would say. I, I I don't know if I would call this movie good. That's my. I, I feel like it's like on the rewatch. I'm just like, like I mentioned before, like on offline. Um, I did get some laughs out of it. Like I I feel like I did laugh a couple times, and I felt like I laughed out loud. And there was some parts were were good, but then I realized how. <sighs> how much of Adam Sandler's humor back then revolved around him being like, like just arrested development, just like in the sense of like, I am a big kid and that is my thing. And you know what? I will yell sometimes and I will do some funny things. And sometimes I will hit on women. And that is, that is my thing. And it's, 
it's weird. It's just like when looking back at it, I'm just like, man, this is like half of his movies are like just I'm going to do something because I am in, I am in love with a woman and and I need to do some wild and crazy antics. It's just that was the one thing that I that I found out about this, and I'm just like, this is just it's weird. Yeah, I uh, and there's a, like a yeah. good chunk of comedies in in that era were just sort of built up built upon that, or they it's had true, or they or they had some sort of sur- superfluous love. The uh, subplot that kind of went along with things, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Adam Sandler definitely like the 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 crux of it usually was uh, him going after a woman. And like this one's got that too, but like you know, I guess it's more of on the subplot type side. Yeah, Even- his his motivation in this one is more that he realizes he actually does need to be a good parental figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that <clears throat> that was his arc, right? Like that's like he that he fell in love with a the woman and then he he's like oh i'm gonna fall in love with this kid which is cool like i, I think that's that's interesting um but i'm just like ah, it's i there's definitely more to, to hit and like it i and i said before it's like this movie felt really fast but also like at times where it was just like this is the plot is not going anywhere and it's just like and it's just like there's some parts where i'm just like okay that was a scene i'm like all right that was a scene okay <laughs> like that there's <laughs> and the, there's a lot yeah. of gags and bits in this movie that mm-hmm. aren't really forwarding the plot. Yeah. No. For sure. <laughs> and yet, and yet also it's only an hour and a half, which yeah. was, was, a, was a plus. Uh, let's, uh, let's hit our listeners with some of the, the details on this, just in case you're not familiar with this seminal classic. Uh, of course, uh, 1999, this film was released, directed by Dennis Duggan, uh, who wrote, uh, directed Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2 and uh, Grown Ups 3, we assume. Um, <laughs> written by uh, Tim... Hurley? 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 Hurley. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim, Tim. if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Written by Tim Hurley and Adam Sandler, and of course starring Adam Sandler as Sandy Koufax, Joey Lauren Adams as Layla Maloney. Both those names are fun to say. Uh, John Stewart as Kevin Garrity, Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Oh, the yeah, the twins, the twin kids, twins, friends. yeah. Uh, Julian Frankenstein, McGrath, and Leslie Mann as Corey Maloney. Less fun to say than Lila Maloney. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's actually go to the trailer. Let's hear some some uh, funny Adam Sandler sounds. We'll come back into it. Sonny Koufax had an easy job. You're a toll collector. Where are you going? Uh, you want to take me with you? I guess. And led a simple life. The delivery guy's like your best friend. Come back later today. I'll end the wrestle you. Okay, peace out. Until the day. You refuse to move on to the next phase of your life. She wants different things, you know? His girlfriend dumped him for someone else. I found someone. This old guy? He has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? Now, to win her back. I gotta do something big with my life. He's getting her a little surprise. I want you to meet Julian. My son. Our son. I adopted him. <laughs> Great. Now what? Now. You wear a diaper? No. Sonny Koufax is finding out. Can I have a nightlight? Nightlight? Once you adopt a kid. There you go, all right? You better give that kid back. I tried to give him back. You got to keep him. Go back to sleep. I wet my bed. Mm, all right. Nice and dry. No more wetness. Sonny Koufax needs to put his life back together. 
He's lazy, has no ambition, and he doesn't treat women particularly well. To top it all off, he's kidnapped a child named Julian from social services in an effort to impress his girlfriend. It doesn't work, if you can imagine, and now he's stuck with a kid he has no idea how to take care of. With responsibility foisted on him, Sonny finally begins to take parenting seriously when social services catches up to him. Sonny must now prove to a court that he could be a loving, capable father who's gotten his life back on track. Except, of course, for the treating women terribly thing, he'll remain pretty awful at that. <laughs> yeah, the Hooters jokes. Yeah, man, no adult in this movie, not even Joey Lauren Adams, sets a good example on how to treat women. It's um, it's a job. joke. It's a joke that I don't think was funny in 1999 and definitely isn't funny in 2022. Yeah, it was really it's weird because like, it's like it's like it, it hit and it kept hitting and it kept hitting. And I'm just like, OK, like like we get it the first time and then it just kept going. And I'm just like, what what is the yeah. point of this? And then at the point? end, like like sorry, at the, like at the <laughs> end when when he was like with uh, Vanessa being like, oh, no, she's the Hooters waitress. And I'm just like, like, this is just unnecessarily mean in general. Yeah. Like that, yeah, that end of it was just like, why? <laughs> it's equating working at Hooters with sex work, which is mm-hmm. really disrespectful to women who work at Hooters. And it's also incredibly disrespectful to sex workers. So it's like yeah, a one two punch down. Yeah. I think it's funny that like they they thought that they were they had such comedy gold there that they decided to like that the entire denouement was going to be like all about Hooters like it was the, all the building up to of it's that. weird because they're also all there to celebrate a good time at Hooters it sounds <laughs> like they're going to cater their event really nicely and all those servers are going to work really hard to give them a, a great time at Hooters yeah uh, and yet they're fucking scum <laughs> yeah I know it's really bad I don't know I I found all those things really stupid and weird and just like. I don't know. Um, and also, like, yeah, I, just, I don't understand the whole thought of, um, yeah, like, working at, at, like, a fast food place. It's like, and, and thinking about it now, in, like, 2022, you're like, hey, man, if you have a job, like, good on you, man. Like, that's, <laughs> you're, you're doing well. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't disrespect anybody who's working any place, like, now. It's just, like, you got to do what you got to do. Like, and, yeah. I mean, obviously, Hooters is, it's obviously has issues and problems in itself of just like uh, objectifying women in general but at the same time it's just i don't know it's just it just felt cheap just very cheap yeah, the, that's just, the branding why? department's problem that's not the boots on the grounds you know problem exactly yeah 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 um well, while we're gonna run down the list of like uh, <laughs> if we want to run down the list of problematic things in this movie let's get uh rob schneider and Brownface out of the way <laughs> Jesus, every time too. Like he does this so often. I don't know why. <laughs> Isn't he supposed to be Russian in the movie too? I don't know. I was like, I, I kind of just assumed he was just foreign man. That's it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, what's the guy from that 70s show, Raj? Where they're just like, the joke is that they don't care what country he's from. Yes. Fez. Yeah. Right, no, yeah. Raj is the, oh, it's fuck me. Uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang yeah. Theory. But yeah. Uh, need to perfect Strangers. Meepos. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. Balky? Cousin Balky. Yep. Yeah. 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 So he I'm just looking at uh Rob Schneider's like like uh like IMDB page. So he plays some guy named Yuri in Grandma's Boy. He plays a Yusuf and Back to Norman Ula, like in Fifty First Dates. Um Naso he is his name Hawaiian here. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Natso is his name here. <clears throat> um <clears throat> yeah, he keeps playing these things and just stop <laughs> like just stop it <laughs> well he's got his own uh series on a uh, christian 
network like streaming service now so he's he's doing that so where, but, where oh. he complains about how it's hard being a comedian now because everyone's so woke yeah uh, <laughs> oh you know who's you know who's another one you know who's another one that's in this movie about that too christy swanson that's another person who's also turned into the to the right-wing grifter category oh damn uh, who's christy swanson both vanessa the and this character in this movie sorry Oh Vanessa! Oh the the, the, the girlfriend. girlfriend who doesn't stick around with him. Yeah, yeah. Who I used to have a big crush on. I used to have a huge crush on Christy Swanson, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'll look, like, I loved Christy Swanson back in the day. But I like the turn that she's taken now. I'm just like, oh Christy, what are you doing? Uh, like, it's uh, I feel bad. And like it's not, that. It's yeah. It's not impossible either because the last Adam Sandler thing I watched, I realized, was the comedy special he released like three-ish years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. and it's not bad. Like yeah, it's, no, it's, it's pretty really funny. Good. He's got a whole song about remembering your keys in your wallet. It was delightful. <laughs> I actually, I was impressed with that uh, particular comedy outing because Adam Sandler is um, a comedian from a time when a lot of other comedians who are still working today have uh, not really changed and continue to, and, and seem to be get, like they're, they're in the Rob Schneider category where they've, they're now angry that they can't tell the jokes they told in the nineties. Right. Whereas Adam Sandler released uh, a standup show where he told all new jokes, all new material that had evolved and was, and none of it, and none of it was offensive. None of it was mean. It was, super uplifting and positive and i was like like that's that's such an impressive like it seems like such a low bar at on the one hand but (laughs) but on the other hand it's a low bar everyone else seems to be tripping over and adam sandler made it look easy and it's like it can be you can do this you can evolve your your humor you can evolve your comedy you can not punch down at people you can do stuff that's not mean and you can still be relevant like 20 years later it can be done and adam sandler made it look super easy guys yeah the, the one surefire way of making sure that i turn off your comedy special almost immediately if you, is if you start talking about wokeness or being offended in any particular way and then like yeah I'm same, like, okay, see same you, i'm out this is not going to be out. funny at all comedy is you know comedy evolves it like it has to it has to yeah <laughs> you can't yeah for one thing, well, you just can't ask, tell, you, tell the you, same joke over and over again and, and just demand that people laugh at it. Unless it's a really good joke and it's still getting laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> okay, completely undercutting what I just said. <laughs> I'm just, there, there, has to be, there has to be a comedian out there, and I'm sure there is, who is still telling the same joke 20 years later and it still kills. <laughs> but it's got to be a one-off, right? It's got to be just yeah, that guy, the way joke, he does yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i mean this movie it, I, I again i want to talk about how it reflects you know uh parenting and, and that lens because really there's it's just so toothless like it's just a bunch of skits and bits uh and then the in in, in between scenes of the social service guys sniffing around and then it's over um, we only see John Stewart at the beginning and the end. Yeah, which is a mistake I think the movie makes. Agreed. I also think it's a mistake that we don't see enough of Adam Sandler's dad in this movie. Um, right, yeah. And that that ties into my fixes a bit. But um, actually, there's one more thing I want to bring up that is kind of problematic. Was mm-hmm. this movie trying to be progressive with the gay couple and did it trip over itself? So th- I was thinking about this too and I, and I was like, so 
I'm, it did a good job right at the start. Like right at the start, it was like it, it mentioned the gay couple, and and then he made fun of the people about that. He made a really funny joke, and I was like one of the first times that I laughed in that movie was like that. He's like, he's like, um, what did he say? He's, oh, where are you going? Then where are you where are you going after this? You're going to the clan party because he was making fun of the of of the of the gay people. He was making fun of the guy who was uncomfortable with uh, yeah, with that's the, exactly the gay yeah. couple, yeah. Yeah, and so that I thought that was funny, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I kept pointing back to the guy being like, "Oh, wow, I don't know," and it, and it was like, "Is it is it you're yeah. uncomfortable because it's your friends that are that are become that are in a relationship?" And like, I get that, but also like, it, it also didn't care too much about them being gay as much, but it also cause kind of a joke. But I don't know, like, I agree with you, Scotty. I, it's like it's, he, a, it's a weird thing. The- the thing I noticed with that, I'm trying to remember the name of that um, Alfred Hitchcock f- philosophy of like the context between shots. Um, doesn't matter, armchair film nerd stuff, but just like that whole character, the guy who was offended by it. If you cut him out entirely, if you cut away, he doesn't have any lines. He just frowns at the gay yeah. couple. Yep. And if you cut him out entirely, nothing the gay couple does is like. They're funny just because they're kind of like charming guys. Yeah. They're just like a charming gay couple. Yeah, they're a fun yeah. gay couple. They do every that care. The characters are great. All of their scenes are funny. Everything they're doing is like about as funny as this movie gets. None of it's hilarious, but that's more the movie than like those characters. <laughs> um, but then they have this inexplicable character's whole job is just to frown at them. And if you cut those out, it's a wonderful gay. It's not a. It's yeah. no one's punching down. It's yeah. delightful. No. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think Scott. Like my answer would be it's it's not progressive in only the sense that it it does such a good job of undercutting itself. Like yeah, that's if, that one, guy, if you have that too. if you make that if you make it the frown the punchline and it's not really commented upon like it is at the beginning, but then it just keeps happening, happening over and yeah. over again. So like it and like as as a viewer, it's like it starts to feel like you know that we're supposed to be feeling what this uncomfortable person is feeling right and i'm sure like when back in the 90s i would have i would have been right going along right with that i'd be like yeah i feel uncomfortable too <laughs> right like that's just like and, and 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 like it's that kind of stuff that sort of like perpetuates the uh the discrimination against uh, lgbtq folks right so yeah i think it's it 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 made it made a a nice progressive comment and then walked it back for the rest of the movie which is kind of yeah I, I kind of feel the same i think the movie thought it was being progressive i see i think it's i kind of think it's the other way around i think they mm-hmm. everyone was like let's have progressive characters and then someone in the studio is like you need one guy there to frown at him and they're like okay we'll add a guy to frown at him um, <laughs> and i think everything was above board and chill and then just someone was like we can't just have this be a normal this movie We're this movie is it. going to be do. This movie's going to be rated R if you don't have someone there to frown at the to, game to just like yeah. scowl. At I the just, game I couple. just think, I just think it was a bit. Like, I think that this is just like this is a bit that they wrote, and it was like, hey, you know what would have been funny if we have this gay couple that, and they're actually friends, but they were friends before, and then there's one guy who's just like a little bit weird, weirded out by it. Like, this is a bit. Like, and I think that's what Adam Sandler movies back in the day, even like grown-ups is just like they're just bits they're just bits put together all in in one movie and this movie's too it's like it's a bit like like oh we'll have the bit with the with the gay couple we'll have the bit with the hooters we'll have the bit with the um i don't know like the with the dads you're never giving, 
I'm giving too much credit to a movie that has like just the like lowest blow hooters jokes on either that, side. That's the thing. It's just like it's just like they're just bits, and that's what they think it's funny. It's like an SNL joke. It's just like that's and and honestly, that's what it was back in back in the day, and like that's how movies were. Like like until like we get a more of a progression with with comedy it's just like that's how comedy was back then in the 90s so, it was like then i get then i ask i want to get real back into armchair film nerd stuff is this a death of the author thing because i figured out the word i was looking for uh the cool effect it's the the effect of um viewers deriving more meaning from the interaction between two sequential shots than a single shot in isolation it's like and the classic example is um uh hitchcock st- smiling and then a picture of like a lady playing with a child. And he's like, oh, he's looking. He's it's a paternal smile. Um, and then the next shot, they do the same thing, same smile, but he's looking at like just the lady, sort of standing somewhat uh, like lustfully. And now it, the smile looks creepy. Right. And it's how you direct. And so with this gay couple, if you take out any of the frowning and I guess death of the author, and you don't assume it was just bits, <laughs> they play it straight up all the the absurdity is they're a nice gay couple who get along yeah. well that's that's the thing <clears throat> that's what i think that is too it's just like this is a thing that they did and but yeah like the like the couple is not like the feminized or like birdcage style of like yeah. of like gay couple it's it they're just they're two guys and i'm just like that's great that's fantastic i'm glad that, that they're showing <laughs> that and like they have like a really big open kiss no one really cares about it except for that one guy and it's just yeah. it's weird <laughs> yeah. it's weird you question the intent of, yeah. I, I think your point about um, a lot of movies in the 90s being sort of loosely uh, strung together skits is is pretty salient, Herman. Like, I was just thinking, because, like, if you want to see that in full force, watch Austin Powers again. Because that, mm-hmm. that movie is barely cohesive. Like, the, individually, the <laughs> scenes are, are funny, but, like, as a, as a movie, there's not much to it. Which is kind of a shame here, because... In fairness, this movie actually has some decent connective tissue. Yes. That's stringing yes. it together. And if they had been paying more attention to that connective issue and less attention to, uh, like, putting together, like, loosely connected bits, they would have had a much better movie, I think. I agree. And that's, I think it's part of my notes as well, too, being like, like, connect those things together. Connect, like, the 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 the, the trauma that Sonny feels, even just, like, the trauma that he feels with his dad. Like, connect those things together with, like, wanting to wanting to take care of his son, like, this Julian, his son. Um, but then, yeah, you could have a way better movie and still have these bits together, but just make the thread connect better. Um, yeah, because it is. It just feels like a bunch of scenes put together yeah. now in the movie. Well, it's then. just like, yeah. Let's do, let's do it. Let's uh, hear from our pals at the Alberta Podcast Network and uh, get to fixing this movie. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink and produced by Lisa Pruden, the Well Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can check them out right now at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Taproot publishes weekly roundups on a variety of topics, including media, food, tech, health innovation, arts, music, regional news, business, and city council. Taproot's curators gather up the headlines and happenings on these files and deliver them directly to your inbox. You can get one or two for free. If you want more, become a Taproot member, then you can get as many as you want, plus other perks for just $10 a month or $100 a year. Get more information right now at taprootedmonton.ca. 
Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. Uh, fellas, let's start with the, maybe with the dads. What were your what was your uh, parental guidance for uh, <laughs> old Big Daddy here? <laughs> um, so obviously, like, first big change is you just lift all of the Hooters jokes and throw them in the garbage. They're gone. You don't need them. <laughs> that would be That would be number one. But I do have a big structural change because one of the issues I had with the movie is that Sonny effectively kidnaps a child. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a law student like he's he's a stalled out arrested development law student, but he should know better than to kidnap a child. Um, and he doesn't really have a good motivation for it other than. Eh. And I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a problem. I think he should know better. He should not be acting so irresponsibly and stupid for someone who is good enough at law that at the beginning of the movie, even without a degree and having not passed the bar, he gives expert legal advice to one of his uh, one of his friends who is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I think that the way you fix that is that you change the circumstances of um, Julian's parentage. Um, and the way you do that is you don't make. Uh, you don't make the case of mistaken identity on on Sonny's part necessarily. You make it on the mother's part more. Um, I'm, I might be mis- I might be describing this incorrectly, but follow me for a moment. Um, Julian gets dropped off at his and uh, his and John Stewart's apartment, Kevin's apartment, mm-hmm. and uh, they're told this is Kevin's son. Uh, something's happened to his mom. He's being left here, and Sonny's like, "That's weird." And he calls up Kevin on the phone. He's like, "Hey, guy." This person just dropped off this kid and says it's your son. And they piece together some events here. And what happens is we hear about this kid is from Buffalo. But rather than save this reveal for later in the movie, you have them go, oh, you know what? We went to this crazy party in Buffalo. We were at a sporting event. We went to this nuts party after we got totally wasted. And we both hooked up with some women. And Adam Sandler, like, has the name of the mom. It's like... I don't remember what the name is in the movie. I'm just going to say it's like Mary something. And he tells Kevin, like, do you remember this woman that you slept with being named Mary? And Kevin's like, no, I specifically remember it being Elizabeth or something. And Adam Sandler's like, huh, okay. And then it sits in the back of his mind and he starts to realize that he doesn't know the name of the woman he slept with. And she might not have known which of him and Kevin she slept with. And he begins to suspect that he's Julian's dad. Mm. And now he has a motivation to keep this kid around because he starts to realize I might actually be responsible for this kid. And I'm starting to like him. Maybe I'm his dad. Like Kevin's pretty sure it's not him. So when child services shows up later, like number one, that's a motivation for him to keep the kid, which makes much more sense. And then Mm -hmm. child services shows up later and is like, you lied to us, sir. You're not Kevin. You are Sonny. We're taking the kid back. And now he has a real reason to fight to keep Julian because he's like, no, I'm fairly sure that that is actually my son and I'm willing to go to court to fight for it. And then in court, it turns out he's not like they do a paternity test and it's revealed Kevin actually is the dad. And we also find out that the mom's name is Mary Elizabeth something. She hates her first name. She always went by her middle name. And therein lies the mistaken identity. And Kevin's like, oh, that is actually my son. So, and then you can still have the denouement be largely the same with Mm -hmm. Kevin ends up taking him legally in. Adam Sandler still gets to be his cool uncle. So we're all in the family still. Um, The romantic subplot can remain pretty much the same. And not much has to change structurally, but it gives... Adam Sandler, both a better motivation to want to keep Julian and a better motivation later on to want to be a good dad 
because he starts to think he is this kid's dad. And that's, he, that's sick. And so you're saying, so you're for, as a better motivation, you're just cutting his trying to impress his girlfriend. Yeah. Perspective. That is a terrible sick. motivation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I think that this, this cleans up why a, an ostensibly smart legal expert would make a very emotional uh, decision in that moment. And, and do something tidies that up too yeah yeah and then i mean i also think that you need to add a little more with kevin he needs to be around a little more especially once adam sandler's pretty convinced he's the dad kevin can come back from china they can have a little more interaction so that we get set up more with kevin being a good guy so we're okay with julian actually being his son later on i think you also need a little more with adam sandler's dad with Sonny's dad i should say uh so that we understand his parenting decisions earlier on that this is the reason why I'm letting Julian do whatever he wants because I had a really strict dad and I hated my upbringing. And I don't want to do that. And then of course he realizes that's a terribly irresponsible thing to do <laughs> <laughs> and, and starts to realize he needs to be a better dad. Uh, and I think that that, that bridges the gap there too. So yeah, there's, there's good connective tissue. I think it just, you need to bring it out more. You need to focus more on that. And I think that I've unsnarled some of the problems that I had with the plot. That's, uh, no, that's great. I like that. And also Jen. Jen from Toronto is the mom's name. But anyway. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that my tweaks are um, terribly different than yours, Scott. I, I like just thinking about un- un- unpacking it from a comedy lens. Like the, the I, I think that like the juxtapi- juxtaposition of like Sonny Koufax being like a complete um, uh, screw up without any any obvious uh redeemable qualities like i would just say like he's not a lawyer he didn't take you know he didn't go to he didn't go to school to be a lawyer or anything like that he's literally just a guy who's coasting off of like a big settlement he got off of an accident and i and i think it i think it'd be more fun to like when this um kid shows up on his doorstep and as you as you say scott he should he should actually think that like he should think that the kid is actually his um, that way you get that kind of that fun arc where like he just doesn't like having this kid around. He's screwing up all of his his daily routines and stuff like that. And then you can, and then you can kind of he can kind of the kid grows on him because in the movie right now, like as as it's constructed, like he kind of enjoys having the kid around right from the beginning, right? And and so there's not there's not really a, a much of a satisfying arc there. Um, I think that um, John Stewart should probably be in the movie proper rather than just at the beginning and the end. Um, I think he could be the the person that provides um, the most challenge for Sonny. Um, he's he's the guy who's who's telling him that he's not taking care of this kid properly or that he has to do this and that. Um, just it, like unwittingly. Um, being the father figure and then in the end we we do learn that he is actually he turns out he's the father oh, which I, I like that yeah so I like we find even, we can find that out like in the in the court document yeah even they, even tying that in with mine that works really well actually yeah. i like that yeah so then yeah, you get mostly yeah. leslie man beacon at him about how to raise a kid right like, yeah. and he's not going <laughs> to listen to her because she worked at hooters actually i i forgot to mention something um at the end of the movie, I feel there's a missed opportunity because Sonny 
has uh, finished his law degree and passed the bar, obviously. He's a working lawyer at the end of the film when we get the flash forward. And he's talking like he's a business lawyer. And I think that's a terrible missed opportunity. I think after his experience in the movie, he should have gotten into family law. Yes, 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 totally. That's what I thought, dude. That was my, that was like, well, first of all, the timing kind of was weird too. It was just like, oh, he has a baby. It's like in a year. Like what happened here? Like, (laughs) um, and uh, I think it sucks for me to say this because I'm just like, the women do nothing in this movie. Like they absolutely, like Leslie, like, and it sucks too because they're like, when I saw the cast, I was like, oh, John Stewart, cool, I like him. Leslie Mann, I like her. Joey Lorenz, I like her. Um, like, like even <laughs> what's his face? Um, uh, the homeless guy, what is his yeah. name? Oh, um, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi, yeah, he's in it too. I was just like, for no reason. And then, yeah, I'm like, Christy Swanson's in it too. I was just like, that's cool. Like, it, this has a great cast, but they're so sparsely used and it's so sad. It's such an Adam Sandler movie um, that it's 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 unfortunate that, and it's, again, it's going to be horrible for me to say this, but like, there's no point for the women to be here. Like, the, this this whole arc could have been done by just Adam Sandler himself, like having Julian uh, Cole Sprouse, Jughead himself, um, be part of this, just him and just being part of just figuring out how to be a dad. And it doesn't, like, this whole idea that he has to impress Vanessa, and then he has to, like, impress, like, his sister, and then Corrine's there. It's just like, why <laughs> like, like the the like these people don't do anything and it's it's an uncredit for this movie but also like they could do a lot more like absolutely like kareen could actually i was about be, to ask are you proposing a reverse bechdel test or he's like get him out of and that's right and that's, and that's like, what i'm like i'm like this is awful for think, me to say yeah. but it's just like it's but it, but they don't do anything <laughs> but either they do more like they yeah. actually like like joy laura adams can actually be more being like you need to be a better dad like like this is the reason why you like Vanessa left you like like this is the because you're not doing anything and he needs to figure that part out and he needs to figure it out with Julian um, or he needs to figure that part out himself through Julian and through other people and mm-hmm. maybe Jon Stewart and other like even <laughs> like if this was a 2022 movie maybe the maybe the gay couple has a, a son or has a kid then they could like actually like talk about this kind of idea like i said but there is a bigger I, plot here that could be really good and funny but also really a good movie too right i love that idea that the gay couple has a son and are therefore like his go to for parenting advice yeah yeah mm-hmm. i yeah. think that is a great change <laughs> i kind of i kind of like the idea of um uh, leslie mann being one of the ones that um sort of pushes him to be a, a better parent just because he ostensibly hates her for I don't know yeah. we, we can change the reasons for that but like but like having having the character that he dislikes and gets along with the least be the one that eventually um uh, shows him um the compassion that he needs that in order to uh be a better father I think uh, would be would be an interesting twist Leslie Mann also never never tells says why she, she hates Sonny and I don't know if it happened before the Hooter jokes or after the Hooters jokes it was no. just like she's like why do you hate Sonny he's like I have hated him the first day I saw him I, and that's it, it. like the, the constant Hooters jokes I've got like, <laughs> and then also the fact that he yeah. like when he's like you're not gonna marry her are you yeah like, again it was like a weird unnecessary scene I'm just like what is this what is that the point funny. of I thought this that was funny that he would just blink that <laughs> that made me like dislike him in a in a yeah 
Yeah, and he ruins John Stewart's is a is a screw up for sure because he ruins John Stewart's surprise party and then he ruins his proposal like back to back within an hour. <laughs> well, he, he I was just like, well, he didn't really ruin his surprise party. That was just funny. That was just that that was, yeah. that was the the ruin this ruin that moment that that actually was really funny because that wasn't Adam Sandler's fault. He just walked in and nobody told him that that was there was a party in his house, his gigantic apartment that probably cost two million dollars now in New York. Uh, yeah, it's like, funny fair. that he. His he settled for a big settlement, and his roommate is a working lawyer, so they might that be able to true. afford. That is true. That is true. That is true. He lives in Manhattan too. It's like this is this is funny. <laughs> Probably the biggest missing component of that uh, relationship between Adam Sandler and Leslie Mann is like the the reason why Adam Sandler doesn't like her, which could very easily yes. be something like uh, he the typical thing where he's like, oh, you you know you don't John Stewart doesn't hang out with me anymore and it's it's your fault or something because he is like an immature guy or whatever right so it could be mm-hmm. you stole my bro simple yep. yeah exactly it's interesting because I'm like and, and I put it in my notes I'm just like it's and I wanted to talk about this part too is like I I'm curious from from the parents ends like how is Adam Sandler as a parent in general why do you think he is believable as a as a good dad I think he comes to be believable as a good dad. And I think that that maturity in him is part of the things that makes this movie endearing still, despite everything is that he, he, the, the switch flips for him and he realizes that he has been a terrible role model and it's what makes him want to grow up. And I, I do appreciate that. And when he does do that, he does start to become a more responsible dad. He's more conscientious about what he's doing, about what he's saying, about what he's teaching the kid. Um, he backpedals some of the stuff that he already to- taught the kid that was really terrible. Um, and it's also kind of relatable of a guy who gets parenthood foisted upon him and doesn't know what to do because every parent's been there. Um, literally every parent in history has held their child for the first time and gone, I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm going to struggle (laughs) to keep you alive if it kills me. And I mean, that's an infinitely relatable thing. We're all making it up as we go along and trying our best. And he's maybe not trying his best at first, but he gets there. And I, I, I relate to that a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Not to say that I wasn't trying when I started, just Mm. like I, I can empathize with that. So do you do you do you want to address like your your son with like anything he wants? Is that would that be would that be a good idea? No. Uh, or or order him thirty packets well, of ketchup? Oh, I certainly like. To be fair, feeding a two year old and a five year old can sometimes be a struggle because especially the five year old's a very picky eater right now, and the two year old will actually eat just ketchup if you give her yes. the opportunity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't but, know why that's so universal, but yeah. Like we, oh, we it's, do. It's tr- I've, I'm sorry. I'm going to quick. I'm going to, I haven't had a lot of thoughts on this. So I'm just going to come in with my hot take on ketchup. It's uh sugar paste used to trick babies into eat. Uh, adults <laughs> season their food, not mask it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I love alienating our listeners. I'm coming hard after ketchup. You're um, eating wrong. Carry on, Stop eating wrong. <laughs> um, but in regards to like dressing himself, we give Gideon a little bit of agency on that. And like, he likes to wear bow ties. He'll wear bow ties to school or for, or to daycare if he's wearing a button up shirt, because he just likes to wear bow ties and we'll never stop him from doing that. Even if it's, it's maybe a little eccentric, but whatever. Sure. You do hey, you, buddy. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I do yeah. like the, the free spirit kind of um, progression that he's on with his, with his parent parenting. Like it doesn't go well, but like <laughs> at least the intentions 
are are good like you know he's just trying to let the kid figure things out for themselves and like that's what a good parent does i think is try and give your kid as much space as possible to be able to discover and learn uh, all about themselves part of the problem with him at first though is that he's coming at it from the mindset of i i'm going to be julian's friend i'm gonna be his supportive friend and not i'm going to be yeah. yeah and not i'm going to be his role model and caregiver even and his caregiver yeah and that's the real flip that he makes partway through when he realizes he has the smelly kid in the class (laughs) and he's like Mm -hmm. oh no i've actually done a terrible thing that was Um, the hardest i laughed in the whole movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then the the lady's delivery after where she's like he's the smelly one just with the straightest face (laughs) uh I mean, that kindergarten teacher set him on the right path. She schooled him, and he needed it. So kudos to her. She is the hero of this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's it, it was interesting to see that paradigm shift, and then for him to live it. Like, for him, like, the that night, he's like, I've got a scuba suit, and I'm going to convince him to take a bath. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I really, like, like, I love the thought that he was like, He's like, I'm going to give him options. And he actually said this. He, he said, he said, I'm going to give him options and I'm going to let him choose. And I'm just like, that's honestly good parenting advice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like to get a child to do something. And I'm just like, give him options, but like limit their options, but yes. give him their options and give him the right options. And then he can have this the, the idea of agency. And then, but at the same time, you're still guiding him along. He still has um, like thought of like, problem solving and all this idea of like, okay, maybe I do this, maybe do that. But like, obviously don't like, like, yeah, you order 30 packets of ketchup, sure, whatever. Um, that, that's not a good idea. But at the same time, like that idea of like giving him options, I think it's like, I'm like that's actually good. Like that, you, yeah. you know, that's, that's really cool. And I, and it's interesting that he came in as like, not as the caregiver, but he's like, you know what, let's be your friend for the two days before we call like child security service, like child Oh, CFS, like child family services for me for in Alberta. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, I was just thinking Alberta. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting that um, you're right. Like he needed to really like grow up in that sense of like I need to be a caregiver, not his friend. I need to be his like um, not only his role model because he he is kind of like trying to be his role model. Like he's like, yeah, you know what. Like these uh, rollerbladers, if you throw a stick, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> and like that's what he thinks is hilarious. Uh, but at the same time, he's like, "I need to take care of you. I need to figure out how to take care of you." And yeah, and I guess it would be a, a really good note to be like actually learn from others. Like I wish his friends, other friends, would have like kids. Be like, actually, how do you do this? Like, how do I get like this thing started with him? And that would be a, a really good turn for him to do. Yeah. Um, and I like Liam that I know you meant, didn't mention this offline, but I want I want you to say this because I think it's funny. Like um, the kids in peril thing. Like you you well, thought oh, that he would be, be in cut, peril, or, or or not 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 my cut my notes. I was just kind of waiting because you guys had all these wonderful insights, and mine are vi- my my fixes are very selfish. I just <laughs> I want kids. I, I think there should be more scenes where the kids actually in trouble. Like he, all of the stakes are very emotional ones he's teaching him bad behavior like throwing sticks at rollerbladers is like not something that is a reasonable person in society does urinating Um, in public urinating in public like he teaches him (laughs) bad behaviors but at no point does he is is julian ever really in danger and maybe that's just because like i'm a cynical like i died i don't have kids so i think you know sometimes you know 
violence is funny to, to anyone. <laughs> like falling down and hitting your head is falling down and hitting your head. Um, so uh, I, I just think to up some of the comedy stakes because it is a fairly toothless in terms of like how big a jokey laughs there are. Um, Not even if, just comedy. If, I think it would think it would add the tension there too. Like I think <laughs> I think it would be a really good turn too for like Adam Sandler to be like, oh, actually, I like. Even at the time, it would be like, I'm just doing it for Vanessa. And then he's like, all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to give him back. Uh, but then if he's in peril, he kind of realizes, actually, I really care for this kid. And I really love him. And, I, and I, I'm and i actually really scared that he needs to be good, right? Yeah. Like, that would be a really good, like, like It would be a good addition in, in, in him learning. It would be a good early one to, like, kickstart if he, like, forgot him in a cab. Or there's the whole exactly. thing about how the kid wants his hand held. He's like, I can't cross the street unless you hold my hand. And then he's got to turn around, come back. And if on the, th- they do it twice. And I thought they were setting up a rule of three where on the third time, he's not going to grab it. The kid's just going to follow him and he's going to almost get smoked by a cab or something. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that's hilarious. I know I was trying to say make a joke here, but like, or if he gets left in a, in a, in a cab or if he, mm-hmm. you know, do a good, do a good sight gag. Like um, do, on the, something happens on the Empire State Building, something happens on the ferry to, you know, uh, go look at the uh, Statue of Liberty. Um, yeah, just, Julian oops. is from Buffalo, so it would be like early on in the movie. There's no reason why Adam Sandler couldn't take him to see the sights in New York and could yeah. get into some hijinks or some trouble there. Yeah, and it's funny with the with the with the sunglasses too, right? He could have just been like, "Oh, you're invisible, you're invisible," and all of a sudden <gasps> he's just gone. <laughs> comedy misunderstanding the kid thinks he's allowed to just walk into like um exactly you know Times square red light district or something mm, and because he's uh, invisible absolutely because there's not enough jokes at the expense of sex workers mm-hmm. uh, but no, but he, walks, he walks into a hooters this is what's gonna happen <laughs> but he could legitimately try to go in somewhere where he's not allowed because yeah. he thinks he's invisible mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah exactly. that was that, that was the first pull just to keep the but yeah somewhere more dangerous or more um uh wildly inappropriate mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So that was my only that was my only fix, and then again, yeah, just cut that one guy frowning, uh, and don't be so shitty to to Hooters workers. So really, all I had for this one. So, um, I did yeah, it took me three days one. to come up with my fix. So I will say that <laughs> I did have one last thing, uh, one last fix that I think might work. I just I, I, I as we were talking about getting uh, women more involved in the plot, I just, it occurred to me that Joey Lauren Adams should be the school teacher, right? So that. Right, that way you've got you've got an impetus for her to for Sunny to meet her, and then and then you know they can kind of maybe develop the, a romantic relationship if that's what you want you want to do. But then at least that that character is there for a very specific purpose because she doesn't way better than being Leslie Mann's sister. Yeah, and she doesn't do yeah. anything because no. she shows up at the end at court. But she, uh, does she say a Doesn't word? Do no, she interviews. She does. She, she, yeah, she exactly. interviews the the kid. But like, yeah, it's yeah. not consequential. She could still be uh, Leslie Mann's sister because I like the idea that it sets up for him to still be Julian's cool uncle. He's still part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could just be a coincidence. Uh, you could even have Corrine at the beginning of the movie mention that her sister's a teacher. And then, of course, Sonny accidentally oh, that's enrolls. Cool. You work with kids. You get to do crayons every day. And then yeah. I'm not talking to you at this party. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, and okay. then Sonny gets, gets Julian put in her school completely by accident and realizes, oh, your teacher is actually Corrine's sister. And that's the connection that can spark the romantic thing. But so there, so but go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, no, there's yeah, a, cut in. <laughs> there's a scene in this movie too, that also may give me a little bit of like, oh, this is a little creepy just because I know, um, the scene where he's teaching, um, Julian and not so his the 
the the words right like he's like mm-hmm. teaching him how to how to how to learn and stuff like that i was just like this reminds me of another adam sandler movie i was like billy madison and i'm just like i was like this is creepy i can't and, and every time and i watched that scene and i'm just like because in billy madison what ha- i don't know if you remember like he like there was a school teacher that was teaching adam sandler and he was she was stripping while while she was teaching him and i'm just like this is so weird and i about that and i and i remember that and i was just like this is when i watched that scene i was like this is weird <laughs> and so when you mentioned this that that school teacher thing it was like as joy loran beating the school teacher i was like that would be like billy madison it would be like that but i think it would have fixed this movie yeah <laughs> Sometimes we but just yeah. kind of fix these movies in a vacuum, but yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like that, if we, you know, I, I also had Billy movie. Madison flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I wasn't I the only one. Teacher. <laughs> so I've never seen a blue duck before. Sorry, I'm. I I was like the right. I was very young. I think I'm probably the youngest person on this panel, and <clears throat> these these movies were very formative for me. So I have I have a lot of love for. The early Adam Sandler canon, and I have no vis- yeah. no interest in revisiting it, lest it be ruined. So. Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I'm the shampoo. I get the hair clean. I'm the jerk. <laughs> uh, All I so have we- is Happy Gilmore quotes. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's like yeah, I barely remember Billy Madison. I just remember <laughs> a few parts of it. That Swan piece, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, well, yeah, I think we've uh, we've definitely uh, made this into something much more um, significant and meaningful and reflective on uh, manhood and masculinity and parenting and fatherhood. Because uh, yeah, as it stands, this is uh, this is like a movie and it goes by pretty fast. And then, and then it sure does. <laughs> Just like it's this done. show it makes <laughs> make, yeah, makes some weird choices, <laughs> makes some other good choices, focuses on the wrong things. Uh, I think we've fixed the heck out of it. Uh, you know who else had fixes? was our listeners uh thank you to everyone who contributed we will uh often solicit your notes your comments on our facebook on our twitter at i have some notes on instagram at i have some notes pod uh and when we do that you tell us what you thought of the movie and we'll read them out now like i'm about to tack says i have waited almost 20 years for this day Ever since, it was forced upon me by the school bus DVD player during a long speech trip, but never mind my origin story. Let's fix this, John. This is his supervillain origin. <laughs> yeah, Tech. Tech had to watch this on a, on a hockey bus. It was a long speech trip. Um, I assume I assume this was like debate. Um, a long speech trip? Yeah, this is a debate club. Checks out. Um, that's my theory anyway <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what that is uh after the court scene sunny starts inserting himself into julian's family with increasing desperation when they finally say no he goes full cable guy sabotaging the parents and gaslighting julian by the time they're back in court kevin and his wife are on the defensive parents are jailed and sued for millions sunny is named julian's legal garden guardian and secures another trust fund to live off Everyone rejoices. Standard Adam Sandler ending at the end. Well, that's incredible. Adam dark. Sandler learns nothing. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> Tack does go on to say, uh, and yes, part of it, like in brackets, in parentheses, uh, and yes, part of me feels bad because in the pantheon of Sandler movies, this one is admittedly more nuanced and more mature, uh, but pretty, but 
petty vengeance shall not be tempered by the slow standards of hindsight. The lower <laughs> is it, is it nuanced and mature? Is it? Do you? I don't know if I agree with it being nuanced and mature. I think. It I mean, I guess like in it. relation to Little Nicky, uh, I guess like in relation to other movies about dads, I don't think so. It's. I think it's. Eh, I would say it's a little bit more mature. Um, certainly more mature than Billy Madison. The like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes, goes. I guess that's true. <laughs> that's what I was saying to, to, the, to the canon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tech. Tech's got it out for the, that bus trip. That faithful <laughs> bus trip. <laughs> Jeff Sampsonow says, no notes. I mean, if we look for actual plot and character development, it's for sure in his top five goofier comedies and could even be top three with Wedding Singer and Happy Gilmore. Plus that that Blue Jays World Series shout out. (laughs) No way is this a top. No, that's what I thought. I was like, not topping any list. I'm sorry. It's not bad, but it's not. Yeah. I would actually even put 50 first dates ahead of this one. I think, I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's been a long, long time since I saw that one, but I feel like it's, it's a just song. a fun premise. Yeah. Like See, by that time he had okay. So I'm just looking at it because he had um, the Water Boy. Um, oh, the Water Boy. How did I forget Water Boy? So good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like. He had the Water Boy. He had Big Daddy. He had Little Nicky. Um, Punchdrunk Love. It's a good movie. Like Happy Gilmore. Like I don't think it's top five. Like I, I don't know. It's um, not. Yeah, I wouldn't even say top five of his goofy comedies. Like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Water Boy, um, uh, Wedding like Singer. Wedding Singer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I always like Little Nicky. Um, but that's yeah. uh, just shoving a pineapple up Hitler's butt never gets old. <laughs> uh, and brilliant. That was all of our all of our comments. Thanks to everyone who contributed, and thank you very much uh, for Herman for joining us. Uh, thank you the, for on the pod the- today. Yeah, thanks for allowing me. Yeah, this is this is fun. It was allowed me to watch Big Daddy again. I was like, I haven't watched it since I was. I think I didn't watch it in theaters. I remember, and yeah, <clears throat> it's 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 weird to think about Adam Sandler movies in this way. And uh, uh, I'm glad he's he's matured over <laughs> over the years, still making grown ups though. But like, I'm glad that his comedy is, is definitely a little bit better. So he's yeah, made some yeah, more interesting movies. Like Uncut Absolutely. Gems is a very interesting movie. You know, yeah, and he's got one about like this like the basketball thing that's coming out soon too and that mm. looks really kind of interesting so um and he's made some like some good stuff like yeah funny people i thought was really interesting as well like like there's he's he's does have some range but you know he's all that like he'll, it's he'll just do he's movies got, of his he's friends. got some lazy movies right it's exactly like a, lazy know, movies he, that's exactly the movies where like, he's just whole, like i want a vacation so i'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to make a movie on this yacht or whatever, this cruise ship. <laughs> I'm going to make the yacht movie. In fairness, uh, I watched Murder Mystery, which is a movie where he clearly wanted a vacation on a yacht. And it's actually pretty decent. It's not that bad. <laughs> like, he does Hotel Transylvania, the voice of the Hotel Transylvania. And I think those movies are fun. I like those movies. Good for you, Adam. It's good. <laughs> but yes, thank you. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, indeed. In. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, thank you, uh, for listening. Uh, if you like what you heard, please give us a review on social media, uh, like it, subscribe it, whatever, whatever little button with a, with a star or like a thumbs up shape exists on the platform you're on press all the buttons. Just, just press all the buttons that are next. To I have some notes. It helps us out. 
Hey, and Big Daddy Sunny scammed child services, so he'd be a great topic for Scam Time with the Fraud Broad. Stephanie Wolf and Karen Johnson Diamond gasp and giggle over the topic of frauds and phonies in their true crime comedy podcast. You can check them out more right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, look out for a poll. We'll be pulling you once again for our next film as the uh, season of You Pick 'em continues. And then we'll have another uh, movie to fix up in two weeks. Indeed. And, uh, and again, and, uh, to our, our uh, guest, not only thank you for joining us, but of course you can find his podcast, uh, Modern Man Pod, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, the Modern Manhood Podcast here on the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, and of course, nextgenmen.ca. Uh, until then. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Keep watching the skies.